Welcome back to the Make Life Work podcast with me, Cy Jobling. On this podcast, we talk to people from around tech about how they find a balance between work, life, and any side projects, share the stories, challenges, and life hacks so others can learn themselves. This time around, I've joined forces with two previous guests of the podcast, Sam Hardacre and Mike Street, to ask each other questions about our side projects and invite along other members of our On The Side Slack community to share their stories too. This week, we've got our first On The Side guest, Shari Mahima, one of our regular members in the community who always brings bundles of energy and happiness to the conversation. So without further ado, let's get into it. How are you doing, guys? Doing great, sir. All good, all good. Yeah, okay, not bad. Shall not we bad. do our brief intros as to who we are and what we do, as we like to do? Of course. You first then, Mike. All right, I'm uh, I'm Mike Street. I'm a lead developer for a uh, Brighton-based web agency called Liquid Light. Sam Hardacre. Um, I'm a designer developer for a financial startup in Leeds. Okay, um, so I'm Shari. Muhima, and um, I like to call myself an outspoken listener, blind visionary, and loud thinker. Um, I used to work as a nine fiver, and uh, now what I do is I want to make other rebels be the only ones in their field for branding. Wow, your job title or your personal title is so much better than ours. <laughs> Gotta make it up. Can you tell us a little bit about where that came from, actually? You were talking about in the preamble a little bit. Yes, so um, I'm part of a, another group, uh, the Future Pro Group, and we had that exercise where we were trying to be a little bit more original. Um, you know, I've, I've come across several people that came and talked about being a hybrid professional, you know, how they like to make you either a generalist or a specialist, and she came with that idea of hybrid professional. And you have to make a list of all the things that you are, and you want to be, and you have to choose two opposite words, right? Like loud thinker, technically when you think it's inside your mind and making it loud is because you talk about it, right? So because I'm a person who thinks a lot and I'm pretty outspoken, I came up with outspoken listener and loud thinker because I think it's original and kind of reflects not only what I do as a job, but also who I am as a person. Very nice. I think we should do this as an exercise maybe on our little community. Yeah, <laughs> I could share that if you want. Like It'd be great. Exercise where you list 100 words about yourself and then you just mix that, mix and match. Yeah, I like it. Something to do with the teams as well. Mike, you could probably try it at the agency as well. Team building. <laughs> Team building. It's all good stuff. Good to have you on board, Shari, and thanks for joining us. It's going to be a little bit different for us, obviously, another person on the panel, but um, hopefully we've got a few things we can discuss with you. So the first question for everyone is, what have you learned in the last week? Sam, do you want to go first? Yeah, we'll do. I've, uh, I've actually written something down for once this week. Um, nice. So this came to me over the weekend uh, when I was working on some comic pages. So my sort of overall thing this week is to uh, trust your instinct. Um, mm-hmm. So the what led me to that was um, I'm in the latter phase of colouring some comic pages and I'm having to... Uh, undo a lot of ink lines um, and then sort of redo them in colour or, you know, use some textured brushes and things like that. Now, when I originally um, submitted my pages to a publisher, they, I kind of already had in my mind at that point, I was go- I'm was i going to do some of this stuff in digital sort of post-production or whatever you want to call it. Um, and my editor was like, you need some more detail in these panels because, you, you know, you just need to add some more. And rather than kind of sticking to my guns and sort of saying, 
I'm going to, you know, I agree with you, but I'm going to do that later because I was new to the process of being being with a publisher. I didn't want to push back too much to, or, or look like I was trying to avoid doing work. So I kind of said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll do, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. So I went ahead and did it. And, um, yeah, I spent the weekend undoing a lot of it. So that's my lesson for this week. Good one. Mike, what have you been learning? I've just been, I've not actually listened to a single word Sam said, because I was just sitting here trying to think about what I've learned this week with regards to my side <laughs> project. So maybe listen more should be one of them. Um, <laughs> I think this, this week, my kind of side projects have been uh, taken up with playing with Eleventy, which is a, a sort of static site generator thing. Um, I've built one of my previous side project websites out of it um and i really enjoyed it and i'm currently in the in the process behind the scenes of converting my personal blog to an 11t website just um to kind of play with it a bit more and to get my um posts out of the day out of a database into more sort of just static file markdown stuff um and it's one of those things that i think my way of thinking and my conventions are quite polar opposite to how 11 is built but uh, it's quite flexible so you're able to sort of bend it to your will but also i had an interaction with the guy who made it a guy called zach uh i can't remember his surname uh but over twitter about another little project that i might use it for for work um and he was very friendly and i've opened a little merge request kind of thing so um yes 11 is my uh pick of the week i suppose if we're doing that as well <laughs> nice Shari, what have you been learning in the last week? I learn a lot every day. And the thing that I've realized that I should stop being a hoard, hoarder um, of knowledge and uh, show up every day to just do the job. So uh, apply what you learn is what I've um, told myself uh, a lot. So no more buying courses, no more buying books. Uh, for a while <laughs> and uh, just showing up and, and just practice and, and do the job. Well, like that, actually applying the learning rather than just taking it in. I like, I enjoyed the phrase, a hoarder of knowledge. That's, uh, Ooh. that might be my new job title, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Exercise complete. <laughs> hoarder of biscuits will be mine. <laughs> I, can't then, hoard, I can't hoard them, I just eat them. I've got a drawer full of down here that my kids like occasionally find. <laughs> and Sai, what about you? What have you been uh, learning this week? Oh, I've spent the last week spent learning about Google Sheets formulas. Oh yeah, I see your faces. Um, Sexy. It's, it's been um, it's been a real, quite a challenging week. So last week I started talking about this time journal I've been using to understand how I use my time, and then I started to invite a few people along to try it out themselves. They were instantly like, well, there's this one guy, Sush Chuck Kelly, who I know in Birmingham. He was like, well, how do I just add dog walking to this? I was like, ooh, let's have a look. And it wasn't that straightforward to get the metrics out of it. It's dead, dead easy to add it to the sheet, but then to actually monitor it and analyze it, that was the harder part. So I spent a lot of time over the last few days just pulling my hair out, working out how to calculate, you know, not count of instances and then make it referencing it dynamically. Oh, my Lord. My head was blowing up. I forgot how hard it is to program sometimes. But it's quite nice doing stuff without code. It's what I was starting to realize. It's like a bit of a no-code mode. Um, so I could go and just build it, but why not just use Sheets when then you can, other people can use it quickly, right? So, yeah, a lot of formula writing and locked cells and dynamic stuff in Google Sheets has been my learning for the last week. 
I bloody love Google Sheet formulas. I just... I've never heard anyone say that. Every, like, spreadsheet I have to make for work, I always make sure it involves some sort of formula, generally for, like, the percentage of a completed row. So a lot of the spreadsheets I make are sort of like, oh, on this project, have you done this, 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 this? And I, I like to add, like, a little column at the end that's got how many of the how many of the rows have how many of the cells have yes or no and what percentage of that and how what percentage of the projects then have a high percentage oh just i could spend hours so i have to stop myself basically i have to walk away and just go that sheet is good enough no one else cares if there's a, a mean median and mode of the percentage completion of this site. Oh, it's just, yeah. I've never heard anyone say, I bloody love Google Sheets. That might be the, the, the episode title. Some good stuff there, though. Good mix as well. I like it. Right. Um, should we get into the first question? Yeah. So this one is actually for our guests to start off with. You, you, you dropped a little bit of a hint as to some area you wanted to talk about. So I've kind of pulled this question together and I think we kind of agree this is probably a good angle to go with. So the question is, what kind of mindset do you think prompts creativity and the desire to take on a side project? And then as a second part to that, have you ever noticed a trend? So to you first, Shari, as you're our number one guest. It, it requires an extensive answer to this. So I'm going to try to break it down and make it very simple. Um, for me, um, what prompts creativity, I'm not sure there's anything that prompts it because I believe creativity is something like a muscle. You have to practice and be consistent with it to kind of nurture it. So it's a little bit like a seed that you have to water every day and let it grow. However, uh, you do require a sort of mindset to actually start with creativity and the desire to start with any project. We're talking about side projects here, so I'm assuming that most people that do side projects already have a job on, uh, on the side, right? So if you have to do, for example, uh, a podcast on top of your nine to five, um, you already have to believe in yourself. So you have to believe that you can do it and that you already have everything within you to achieve it and accomplish it. And that's something that I call the mindset of abundance. So when you, you it's opposite the scarcity mindset, which is I'm not enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. It's, it represents the lack, right? You, you just, it's never the right time. You always have these excuses and you never get to do anything. Whereas when you think abundance, you already open to things um, being for you, if that makes sense. Um, so it no longer is, I don't have enough. It's like, I am more than enough. I have enough time. The mindset of gratitude, right? You'll be able to do enough with what you have. You do the best right now with what you have. That makes sense. So I think that's what prompts the desire to, to get something done on the side project. Lots to pick apart there. Has anyone got any further thoughts on that? Um, well, no, I guess it I guess it kind of loosely ties into what I was thinking of answering to the question, to be honest. So why kind of when I when I sat down to think about it, I I thought about what, what prompts creativity and things like that is it's a, a kind of product of inspiration mixed with determination, which I think sort of ties in with what what uh, what Shari was saying with in terms of like seeds of ideas and then the the sort of the the motivation to follow through and, and act on that 
So, you know, just thinking about what, what I personally do, you know, I get inspired by looking at other work and other artists and things like that. And, you, you know, trying to harness that kind of, that feeling that you get in your gut that goes, right, I'm going to, I'm going to go away and do something. I'm going to do, you know, I've got this, got this idea and I want to get it out of my head onto the paper or onto, onto the web or whatever you want to do with it. Yeah. I think that, that kind of ties in with what, what Shari was saying, I think. Hmm. I think yeah, there's definitely a, a type of demographic though or personality that needs to be in that mindset. You know, I, I see I meet a lot of people every day that just quite frankly can't be bothered. You know, they're just there to do a job and clock off. And they're good at the job, it's absolutely fine, but there's not much passion there to do it. Whereas if you've got this energy and it's like this desire to kind of do something, that's not something you can just get off the shelf. It's not something that you've kind of grown up with really. It's something you have to nurture and tap into i think like you both said so far it's it's there's a type of personality i think sits in this mindset have you ever met people that aren't like that and you thought oh can i bring it out of them yes um yeah for yes. sure <laughs> I've, yeah i've definitely met people who you know who and it's it's not a judgment on on people like this at all you know who sort of do their job they go home and then they want to spend their evenings watching tv or you know binge watching stuff on netflix which that's how people want to spend their free time. That's fine. Um, I think you're right in that it takes a certain type of person to have this, the sort of the motivation, the desire to sort of put in the energy outside of work because everyone's, you know, everyone's working. Oh, well, you know, when, when people are working, I know a lot of people aren't working at the minute. Mm. You, you know, you use a lot of energy at work. So when you get home, that is usually considered your downtime. So a lot of people, are, you know, I can imagine kind of going, what you want me to spend more energy thinking or doing things? No, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> Fair point. And I think through lockdown, a lot of people are struggling to find the boundaries between the two. I mean, for those of us that are continuing to work, when do you t- when do you put that laptop lid down and actually do some downtime? We've talked about in the past. There's no clear divide at the moment. Hopefully, when we get some normality later on, then it becomes a bit easier. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's quite interesting to see the different types of characters, especially at work for me, that are going to be. These guys look like they care about what they do and they're going to be doing all sorts on the side. These people really don't care. They're just ready to clock off at 5 p.m. and go and watch something on TV. Perfectly fine. Speaking of which, Mike. No, I'm joking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> go on. What are your thoughts on this? I, I suppose the, um, the, the kind of the key word that seems to be uh, mentioned over and over again is the word like desire because um, I sort of wrote down a couple of notes and and for me the thing that prompts me is like the desire to solve a problem um, and it's not necessarily the desire to be creative but I suppose the desire to solve a problem kind of breeds creativity kind of thing um, and the other thing that kind of the thing that prompts the creativity for me in the side projects is um, the the limitations that a side project offers. So be it time, obviously being the biggest one, you're, you're sort of limited by time. You don't want a side project to drag on forever. So that kind of forces you to think a little bit differently. Um, there's obviously the, the money kind of um, limitation because you might not want to be spending money on resources. You might not have the money to spend on resources. And there's sort of all these other kind of limitations that happened on side projects that never happen in your working environment. Like if you're too busy to do something at work, then someone else gets it or it might get passed to someone else generally. Um, Whereas in your side project, it's either you or nothing. 
And it kind of feeds quite nicely into uh, a couple of talks that I saw uh, as kind of a, a side project many, many years ago, I put on a mini conference, um, which kind of evolved a little bit. And uh, my company actually started putting them on. Um, and there was one a couple of years ago where we had um, Cassie Evans, who's a front end developer from Brighton who works for Clearleft, um, and my colleague Owen Priestley. And they both did a talk on the same night um, that very accidentally tied into each other and one of them is called Cassie's one was called uh limitation breeds creativity um and Owens was called how working within parameters can be a catalyst for creativity and they're both really interesting talks and Cassie's is a bit more technical whereas Owens got a design background so that his was his from that we'll put the both the the uh links to the video in the show notes but I certainly it's that for me it's that limitation um, of of time and everything else that really forces me to think differently in side projects compared to work. Very valid point. I think time is of the essence for many of us right now, right? And even when we are easing our lockdown restrictions, we're going to be thinking about what that boundary looks like and how we find the time later on. I was speaking to a colleague the other day about, oh, are you looking forward to getting back to the office to see people? I'm like, totally. I'm actually quite looking forward to a little bit of commute time as well, because that was my side project time originally. And now I'm at home, I don't get as much of it. So selfishly, I quite look forward to a little bit of that commuting. But um, a lot of people are like, no way, man. I want, I'm, I'm enjoying being five minutes from my ne- my desk and the bed. You know, that difference is quite yeah, nice. that's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy without the commute. How are you guys? I mean, it's a bit of a tangent, but how are you guys finding lockdown at the moment? Are you thriving in it or do you find it difficult? During the the, the first lockdown, I loved it. Um, I, I started as an employee, right? So I had the nine to five and it was very difficult because I had just started uh, at that job. So it was hard for me to remember the faces, the name, who I needed to go to to ask for help. Uh, in that sense, it was difficult in terms of achieving um, and, and performing well at my job. Um, but when I lost my job and I needed to kind of work for myself and start learning graphic design and doing the branding and working with clients, I loved it. I loved it because um, even though it was the lockdown, I used to still go out, you know, I bought a bike and I was just like, the, 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 the world is my oyster, there's nobody in the street, let's enjoy the parks. Um, so I would just go around and it, it started when spring started as well. So I don't know. I, I just have very, very, very good memories about that, um, about um, when you, you that's when you dive more into your creative time. Uh, for me personally, start painting, reading more, um, going back to learning piano. So um, it was very, very, very interesting. But I must be honest, as soon as they announced the second lockdown, I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally, though, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, 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 I think it was easy for me to go for the first one. I don't know if I would have gone for the second one. So you guys can tell me about it. Sam, how did you find it? So the f- first, first lockdown was kind of strange because it was just, you know, a complete shift in how you go about daily life. Where I work, we already built in remote working from the very start. So it was just a, a, a flipping the ratio of how, how much you're at work, basically. So that, that didn't really take much getting used to, I suppose. I was I was put on furlough in April last year, 
um, just as the weather really started to, you know, become really nice. So I enjoyed that because I had a month off sitting in the garden drinking beer and, you know, we, we, we bought a bought a big paddling pool for the kids and we, you know, had water fights and all sorts of stuff. The kids. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely for the kids. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I think this, this lockdown has been a lot harder. I don't know if I mentioned before on previous episodes about homeschooling, but it's a nightmare. Uh, you know, trying to homeschool a child and also work at the same time uh, even if, even though there's two of us to sort of split the time, it, it, it sometimes doesn't work out quite that way. Like, um, you know, my wife spends a lot of time in meetings and stuff. So, um, when, when she's in a meeting, I have to do the, the bulk of the, uh, homeschooling, which means I'm not staring at my laptop. I'm having to make sure that he's doing his writing or whatever. So I'm very much looking forward to next Monday. I've got to admit, um, I know a lot of people on my Twitter feed are, very much against kids going to school and things like that, which I totally appreciate. But for me personally, the beginning of the last last year, uh, school year in September, when when our when our school was open, for me at least, they demonstrated that they were really good with the processes they put in, they put in place. So we didn't have any sort of widespread infections going through the school. You know, you'd obviously get the occasional. Uh, case appearing but they were really good at nipping it in the bud and you know isolating if it's a teacher you know telling the teacher to isolate for two weeks or and, and all that kind of stuff so for me personally I'm, I'm quite comfortable sending my son back to school so I'm I'm looking forward to that just because it means that from nine to five or well, nine to three I suppose you know we can focus on actually getting work done which which would be really good so, so yeah very much enjoyed lockdown one versus lockdown three uh, we were talking earlier in the preamble about sequels of films and stuff. This, this sequel is <laughs> definitely not as good as the first one. Well, the third one's normally one of the best ones as well. Mike, what um, about you? Yeah, the, the the first lockdown was a bit of a novelty, um, I think, for for everyone involved kind of thing. Um, my company didn't really do remote working, just for no particular reason. So the uh, the lead-up, that sort of week before... The UK lockdown was announced to this sort of, um, we kind of saw it coming. So I spent a week like prepping, remote working, setting up VPNs, making sure everyone knew how to log on and stuff. And then the, the, the sort of following month or so was filled with like process changes where we used to, you know, we used to have a, a sort of daily in-person stand-up. So we had to pivot to doing video call and just working out, you know, working out how that works and stuff. So the first lockdown was very much, a, oh, I'm working from home, get to see my child all the time, don't have to commute, blah, blah, blah. and then it sort of started to, to kind of wear down a bit. You know, you started, well, I started sort of putting on the pounds because I wasn't cycling to and from, I wasn't doing this sort of 20 mile round trip um, most days to cycle to work and stuff. So, and it's one of those things like, even though I've not got the commute, you'd think you've got more time to potentially go out on the bike, but it's just it just doesn't work that way does it so we're now coming up for a year aren't we it's sort of in a, in a couple of weeks it's going to be a year's time so um it's we're starting to sort of find our routine um and i'm starting to sort of find a bit of time to go out on the bike now that the sun is decided to make an appearance this year which is nice um so yeah getting by i think sort of it's just the thing that i miss is that having that 
morning chat with everyone you know how's it going how was your evening what did you get up to because people got up to things when we, when you're in the office when they, whereas now it's every time you connect to so you know have a video chat with a different person on that day you have to be like how are you how's it going and it's like it's nice to chat but it does get a little bit like repetitive where you have to sort of say it to every person so yeah i miss the kind of the in-between conversations the conversations over a, a boiling kettle and stuff like that it's it's not quite the same when it's your wife all the time. As great as she is, you know. What did you do last night? Sat and watched TV with you. It's not exactly a thrilling conversation <laughs> you can have with. <laughs> and Sai, except for your, uh, your biscuit drawer, what, what's changed for you? How are you finding luck? Well, that's a good point. The biscuit drawer is not helping matters on the old website. <laughs> um, I, I think the same as you guys, pretty much. It's been three lockdowns in and I'm, I'm i'm bored of this trilogy now i like the idea that i can work from home i've always wanted to be able to work at home a bit more but not five days a week that was never my ambition or goal so um actually in the new role when i eventually change that next month they're expecting us to be in a couple of times a week you know when when lockdown allows so i'm looking forward to that and you talk about the banter you know the, the office banter and that sort of opportunity to just have a bit of a chat about well-being and stuff like that that's the stuff i'm really missing i mean even with in the current lockdown, I'm actually booking in half hours or 15 minutes of just chat with people because I think we all miss it, right? And it's just one of them where you go, we don't have a topic. There's no agenda on this one. We're just going to shoot the S on this and just get, get just offload. Because the other thing is, you, you know, you have problems at work sometimes. You have to offload it and have a good rant about stuff. And I think I think that is missed sometimes. You, you go into a deep, difficult Zoom meeting, no opportunity to turn off your camera and go, what are in the background it's you've got to just address it there and then or look like pretend that you're just tolerating it and then just go into the next meeting and forget about it so i think it's i'm looking forward to a bit more reality kicking back in that's what it comes down to i think i think we've covered a lot on this topic is there any final thoughts before we move on to the next question mm. i don't think so well if that's the case we'll move on to the next one segway go and do your thank you mike we're going to record that and make that the specific one so, next question. Okay. Um, who wants to take this one? I'll take the next one. It's a fairly straightforward one. So, um, what sort of side projects do you prefer? And is there a theme? So, Shari, since you're the guest, do you want to go first? Yeah. So, I'm a very idealistic person. People sometimes call me... Um, I have a friend who says I live up of the fairies. So, any... Um, projects that involve working with other people for a greater social purpose i i like um so just being living my my running my business on the side because it's it's kind of hard for me i tried um doing something for um I'm originally from Congo Kinshasa and our independence day is on the 13th of June and last year I wanted to to do something creative and artistic um, to help other people um, open their minds to um, to a new narrative on our history so that we can adopt a mindset that will help us move forward rather than always uh, point the finger and and complain and that as victims you know just be like okay shit happens sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But um, we have to find something to kind of move on now. It was an epic fail for me because it didn't get shared as much. And I don't think I conveyed my uh, message clearly enough. But this is the type of things that I like to be involved in. Uh, not anymore, but, you know, when it comes to 
helping other people, trying to inspire them. Um, you know, when you were talking about the, the colleagues that you see that are just doing their nine to five and don't do anything more like, uh, you know, having like what you just do is very simple, but it, it kind of, it does a lot, right? It impacts people a lot because what you're telling them is like, hey, get up. You you have the power to do something more. You're like, your life is more than your job. You can do something that you enjoy. Just take 15 minutes a day and, and just build something, do something more. So everything that has to empower, build and inspire other people, I love. Social good. Love it. That's pretty <laughs> much, yeah. I mean, I, I completely relate to that. Your um, art, what you did as well, is that something you kind of just, do you use like moments in time as inspiration or do you kind of go in there thinking, all right, it's coming up and I want to do something about this? Or is it, how, how does your mindset work in that sense? It's the very first time that I was like, you're going to get an idea and whether it's good or bad, you're going to go through this. And so I was like, okay, there is that day coming up. I want to be part of it, right? I want to do something. I want to put my mark um, and I tried to come up with a concept. So I did some research on um, the history and, and tried to, you know, what I was trying to, to express. I wanted to, to talk about like being mentally free, right? Being mentally free and being together, bring people together. So I did a lot of research and then I, I tried to come across a few designs, conceptual, conceptual designs to express uh, my ideas and then share that on social media. Uh, it's the, probably the, the, the only project that I did on my own um, and where I literally put my time and effort to do some research and they get the, get the work done. Uh, most of the time what I do is I, I just there to support other people, um, which is not something that I'm gonna continue on doing. I'm, I just wanna do a bit more proactive work from now on. You're in a good space with on the side community, right? Because you've got like-minded people in there to bounce ideas off and you can nurture their talent, but now we're going to do it to you. Yeah, so but you following through. You guys helped me out. Sorry to cut you off. You guys helped me out. If you remember, it was the, the, the you know, the, the red and blue uh, images that I shared. And then you were like, oh, well, you know, it's not really visible. And then you kind of helped me out. So, no, it was, um, no, you're, you're, you're great people. <laughs> I love being part of this community. Well, we could be, be gushy as we want to be all day. But I think it's, it's great to have different mentalities in that place as well. We've got people that are very techie, very educational, very community. But having a real mix helps, I think. And your sort of social purpose goal definitely sits well in our own society community, I think. Sam, uh, did you want to go answer this one? I can do, yeah. For me, my, what sort of side projects do I prefer? It's very straightforward for me. I like to draw comics. So I think we could have all guessed this one, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of a theme, I'm not entirely sure there's a necessarily a theme overall because it's kind of, because it's something I do just for myself on my own. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really write or draw with an audience in mind. I, I sort of try and approach it with a, a kind of take it or leave it mentality. You know, I want to do something that I want to do. And if people respond to that in a positive way, then that's good. If people don't like it, then that's fine. That's up to them. I'm still going to do it because it's just something what I, you know, I want to do. I want to get these things out of my head and onto a page. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure there's a theme in terms of like the stories that I'm telling either. I genuinely couldn't couldn't really say 
I know there's there's certain ideas about books I'm working on that I want to sort of portray, but then there's some ideas that I've got that are just they just came to me and made me laugh. So I'm just gonna run I'm gonna run with them. So without giving too much away, one idea was that I'm gonna work on at some point this year is an idea about under underground bingo halls, like kind of like speakeasies, which came to me when we went to, went to a seaside last year before lockdown, like literally the weekend before lockdown came in, and um, I was with my mom. And um, when we're at the seaside, the tradition used to be that her, her and my nan would go and play bingo while me and my brothers used to go skateboarding or whatever we did. So she, she, her, her thing now is when she goes to the seaside, she goes to play a game of bingo just for the tradition of it. And it was completely different. Like, there was no specific hall. There was no caller. It was just on a screen. And it was really like the experience of it was really dull and she was not very impressed with it. And I just sort of, at that moment, I thought, wouldn't it be hilarious if if this concept of all the bingo halls have all died out to these, like the original bingo halls have gone, for, to, changed over to these digital kind of things. And then all the traditional bingo players have started these underground bingo leagues. And there's, yeah, I've not thought about it much more than that, but that's the seed of the idea. <laughs> You've told us we're going to nurture that bad boy as well. It yeah. reminds me of, is it the RT crowd with the Underground Countdown episode? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Maybe you could do you something know, like that. I wasn't intentionally riffing off that, but I've seen IT crowds, so there's probably a bit of, you know, subconscious inspiration going on there, no doubt. Indeed. You, you also say there's not much of a theme, but do you feel like there's a style that you generally go down with, with comic books? In terms of the visual style? Yeah, and, and language, I guess, as well, in that sense. It's not something I try to do. When, when I'm working on art, I just kind of, I've, I've gone through phases of trying to emulate people, um, but then it, it just looks like you're emulating people. And I probably do now without realising it, to be quite honest. You know, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants and, and whatnot. So it's not something I intentionally try to do. I, I sort of try and take the bits that I like from people that, that inspire me, but try and do it in my own way. Mm. But I don't, I don't think I'm quite there yet. My, my style will evolve over the years, as as everyone's does. So um, I think you've got house you? style because I've seen your work over the last 10, 15 years, really, and I've always come to you because I know what you're capable of doing. And I know that the, the image, the style of the image that you'll come out with, it's what I like, quite frankly, as well, without being too... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Mike, go on. What have you got? Have you got any themes or styles to your side projects? Um, I've just sort of been sitting here thinking about my recent side projects and the ones that necessarily you know haven't necessarily worked but i realized that my theme is uh selfish problem solving um mm. so it's generally i have a problem and i want to solve it um and if that involves other people solving it for me then all the better so <laughs> to give to give an example um or to give some examples so i've mentioned my uh beer review instagram account um after i got to a couple of hundred i wanted to be able to search uh that was my problem was i couldn't search the beers that i'd had to know whether i'm going to get repeats or not so uh, my side project became to make a website that pulls in the data from instagram makes it filterable and searchable problem solved um i wanted uh to find um email newsletters that related to a particular category so I built a website that categorizes email newsletters with their sign-up links. Um, and it can be, uh, people can enter data themselves. It didn't quite take off in the way that I thought it was going to be, you know, I thought it was going to be revolutionary, but it seems to have kind of died. But every now and then I give it a little bit of a poke to see whether people are still interested. Uh, but that solved my problem of, 
I've written a new blog article about CSS. Let me see if I can find all the email newsletters that are about CSS to email. Um, one of the other ones, which I kind of mentioned earlier, was that um, I wanted to go to a conference that was cheap and in the evening, um, and it wasn't like one of those all-day megabuck ones. And uh, there wasn't really one in Brighton at the time, so I put one on, um, which meant that I got to go for it for, to it for free because, obviously, putting it on as the organiser, you don't really have to pay for your ticket. Um, but it was cheap. I got to see great talks in the evening. People seemed to enjoy it. Um, so that was another problem solved was because I wasn't going to big conferences because of, of time and money. Um, and then the most recent one is the uh, RSS reader. I want to be able to read RSS feeds on my phone quite easily. So I built an RSS reader. Um, so yeah, selfish problem solving is the recurring theme of my projects. I've even got a Raspberry Pi. When we moved remotely because of lockdown, um, we sort of, as a company said, I'll try and use your Slack status where, where possible. So people know if you're on lunch or if you're on a call and stuff. And I was getting bored of having to click, you know, or they kept moving it. So I was getting bored of having to keep finding it and stuff. So I've got a Raspberry Pi for the video viewers. I can show it. There's a little Raspberry Pi with four buttons that are pre-programmed to uh, four different Slack statuses, like having lunch in a call, um, be right back and helping with the kids. And then I realized that sometimes I walked away from my desk and hadn't done the status. So there's a little website that I can go to and press the appropriate buttons. The code for that is on uh, is open source. So if you wanted to go and make your own Slack status, you're more than welcome to. Um, but again, selfish problem solving kept me busy for a couple of evenings. <laughs> yeah, but on, on SH, we've talked about this in the past. Most, most side projects are bought out of an idea to do something yourself. It's, it's solving a, a personal problem, right? Mm. So it's not necessarily selfish if you share, especially an open source solution, like your Raspberry Pi button <laughs> pressing thing. This um, is true. Mike, I think, I think um, it makes me, it reminds me on the other side that you said creativity is about problem solving, but you seem like you're having fun. So it's just about play, really. So I wouldn't call that selfish. You're just <laughs> having fun your own way. I mean, I find it very exciting. Like I make up recipes and if I, you know, you, you just find your way to, to have fun. Other people sew, other people just um, and knit. Um, you, you, you just make tech stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you seem to have a lot of fun with that. I find this very amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I only do things that I kind of get that excitement. You know, I have an idea. I'll be like, oh, I really want to solve that. Um, I suppose I called it selfish because, you know, it's like putting on an event. No, you're going to come and talk because I want to see some talks. Um, <laughs> I, I was uh, cycling when I used to live in Hove. I was cycling on my own and I was like, surely there's other cyclists. So, yeah, I set up a cycling group because you will come and cycle with me. I, I will force you because I'm the club leader. So you have to cycle with me, unfortunately. But selfish problem solving. <laughs> Scratching your own itch is a is a nicer way of putting it. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I should start using that phrase instead. Careful of the context though, because it's always coming out right. <laughs> what about you, Sai? Did you answer the question? I don't think you did. No, not yet. I was uh, waiting for the prompt, but uh, thanks for asking, Cheryl. <laughs> um, it, takes, it comes to something when the guest has to prompt us. It's brilliant. That is. <laughs> um, we've all got our own little strengths, right? And I've I've come to realise more recently that I think my theme tends to be like tech-based communities not necessarily that it's about tech but i use tech to create communities so i've always kind of tapped into the idea of people join forces make things better anyway but i get a kick from seeing people use these things well and, and enjoy it themselves again coming back to on the side the fact that we've got over 100 members there now 
is 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 mind blowing for me. It was just meant to be like a few of us that thought, yeah, I need a bit of help with my side project. Let's help each other. And now it's gone up to like over a hundred members. It's, it's it's fascinating. I don't know. There's only a handful that are actually quite engaging, but it's still nice to know that there are people that love this idea and want to get involved. So I think that's the general theme. You know, I've got a few examples, but I think that's the general theme when it comes to what my side projects come down to. Generally selfish problem solving as we've talked about or scratching the itch as it were and podcasts as well i, I tend to be the, the guy that people think of when they go we need to sort out a podcast who's done podcasts before and even to the fact well in my new role you know they i think they're talking about doing something in this space and they they heard i was coming back when Cy joblin he knows about podcasts let you get him on the case when he's back here but this is amazing that people think that I'm a podcast kind of guy. I mean, you know, I've got a few going on, but I'm not like the expert in this space, but it's quite, it's one of those opportunities where you go, yeah, yeah, I guess I am the podcast guy and the community guy. So yeah, they're the two themes I seem to have observed on my types of side projects. You get um, community fatigue. Because um, like I'm I'm a member of a couple of communities and like, you know, there's, there's quite a few Slack groups and stuff that I've signed up to, but I just kind of, unless they unless they stick like the you know the on the side one like I don't, they just kind of for me tail off and i just think it's because i get too there's too many communities too many things to sort of keep an eye on so as the community guy do you ever sort of get a bit like oh i've kind of shot myself in the foot here i want to leave but i can't um not necessarily fatigue i do get to a point where i question whether i'm getting much from it anymore so I might not have set them up, but I've joined, like like many people, I've joined loads of Slack communities over the time. And I, I end up just culling the ones that become noise. That I just think, mm. oh, I'm not I'm not interested in this anymore, or that moment's passed, or it's too big. And that's that's generally the big, the rule I find with those communities. There's too many people, there's not enough people I know to make it worth to me, which is why I live on the side, because it's people I generally either know or have grown to know over the last couple of years. That I actually enjoy the company of as well. I've got a level with, I've got a bit of rapport with. So I think the the trick to that is just saying goodbye, cut it, cutting it from your your Slack um, list of groups, as it were, um, and making sure it's focused. But I, I mean, like you, I've got I'm a group of a few. We've got the multi pack um, community as well, which we've got another event this week on Thursday. Known them guys for over fifteen years again, which is scary, right? But it's lovely to go and see them. And even if it's once a month for a few hours in the evening, we grab a beer, catch up, have a chat, maybe have a few topics to talk about. It just gives me a bit of adrenaline to see those people and actually see those people interact. I'm one of those guys, when I see people talking to each other, I'm happy. I like, and I like to contribute, but actually the, the, the real adrenaline is from seeing other people talk to each other because that's, that's what I do it for. You do it well. I'm you glad you really think well so. Because um, I've come across many communities as well, and um, I've left many groups because they ended up being very idle, and there's nothing going on, there's no conversations, and there's another one. You know, I talked to you about the future. They have a Slack group, and there are so many people, so, 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 so many, that there literally is no conversation at all. There's nothing going on, nothing interesting. And I think what I like about on the side is that we started off as probably 40 to 50 people and it was much easier to actually engage with one another and, and get to know people and and you are making putting in a lot of efforts to to get the conversation going so that's why you get results 
yeah, I think I think you hit a nerve on you know, on that one. I was listening to the Indie Hackers podcast last night, and there's a, an episode. I can't remember who the, the, the person was, but they were talking about community growing as well and all this sort of stuff. This guy that sold the community recently, and I, that hurt me in a way. I was like, you don't build a community to sell it. That goes against the, the principles for me. But the way he told the story, he gave it good reason. He said it allowed him to keep the community going. It gave him the because it was a full time job now. He could actually value put all his effort and time into this and keep it in a in a good community state. Um, so it wasn't necessarily selling out. It's just my someone's paying me to do this as a job now. So I, I feel like I can bring more value to it. But you're right; it's very difficult to get that right and do it for the right reasons. When it gets too big, is it really a community anymore? Or is it just a, a city? It's too, it's too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely found that with with some some Slack communities and and. Uh, discords and, and whatnot you just get so much so much noise it is just noise like you just get sick of the notifications like i i, I hate seeing the notification markers full stop i really like i don't know why some some strange thing that just triggers in my head that i have to get rid of those notifications and yeah i've left communities because there's it's just constantly you know especially when you've got like you know i've, I've been on somewhere you've got 600 people and like you were saying shari everyone's talking at once and there's no conversation at all it's people just it's kind of it's similar to similar to twitter in some in some sense it's it's basically someone putting their thought down and then most of the time there's nobody responding to that it's it's just you know yelling into a hall full of people so yeah it, it is difficult it's a tricky balance the trick really is to make it an engaging conversation rather than a bulletin board of things that are going on. Like Twitter is a good example of where people just shout into a void and maybe someone will latch onto it. But I find a good community is just a question starter. Like we've tried these, we talked about it earlier, the, the icebreaker bots and the banter bots and all this sort of stuff. It's a nice idea, but actually you're better off doing it by human rather than bot. <laughs> Have we got any other thoughts on this topic or shall we move on? think like a christmas present we should wrap it up oh here really is mike street of the streets today <laughs> uh any final thoughts from anyone before we uh go into the the, the outros as it were uh, no. nothing from me nope. shari any any final messages from our guest for today well i just want to say i'm honored to be here with you guys it was good fun just an encouragement for people who listen just have that conviction that you can do it and determination and, and just get get started get doing you don't have to do it for the grand the, the greater cause like mike is doing it very well he's enjoying himself <laughs> just, just find something that will bring you joy outside of work because you're more than your life uh your work your job title whatever it is and we're going to do your job title exercise i think in a future episode or get the community doing it on the side i think it'd be a great exercise yeah. to have well, thanks everyone for the conversation today. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with any of you, do you want to give us your socials and your contact details? Shari, you first. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under Shari Muhima and uh, same handle for Twitter and Instagram. Lovely. Sam? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitter. Uh, Nocturnal Monkey is my sort of personal slash web account and uh, Skinny Drawn Boy on Twitter and Instagram is my art account. Mike? I am at Mike Streety everywhere. That matters. That matters. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Cy on Twitter and at Cy Jobbling on all the other socials. Um, if you want to get in touch on the show, we do have the shared accounts as well. So at Make Life Work Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
We've got the email address that is very quiet, actually. So far as an email, if you want to say hello, e- hello at makelifeworkpodcast.com. All the show archives and show notes will be available on the website, makelifeworkpodcast.com. As we've talked about many times on the Slack, oh, sorry, on the side Slack community is there for anyone who wants to join the conversation. Go to onthesideeditor.network and that should take you straight into Slack. And if you're listening in any of those podcast apps out there, Apple, Google, Spotify, give us a little like, maybe a review or something just to let us know you're listening and enjoying. Or even give us a question if you want. I think that's it. Bye, everyone. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye.